This is Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikan. It's a show where I have conversations with folks about the song covers we all love and examine the stories behind them and why we like them. I'm interested in uncovering the covers, the personal stories about how we connect with these great songs and what these songs mean to our lives. Ultimately, of course, I'd love to get my guests to tell us which version they prefer and to defend their choice. Today's episode takes us right back to the 1970s, both in the U.S., where the band Bread recorded their 1972 hit song, Everything I Own, And then fast forward just two years later to 1974, and Everything I Own was recorded by Jamaican music artist Ken Booth. And I would give anything I own, give up my life, my heart. And when we are talking 1970s Jamaica, we have to hear from my friend, author, and professor Sherry Marie Harrison. Sherry is Jamaican, and this song took us back to memories we both have growing up. Sherry in Jamaica and me in Nigeria. Places very far from our studios where we were recording and working at the time of this conversation in Columbia, Missouri. We talked about how this song for Sherry is all about the idea of home. She and I talk about home a lot. Enjoy this conversation of Cover Story with me, Stephanie Shanakan. I am so excited today. Since I started thinking about this idea for the podcast, I've been thinking about my dear friend, Sherry Harrison. She is a professor at the University of Missouri. She studies English literature and um, has great love for popular culture, which is what we talk about a lot I'm thrilled to welcome Sherry onto the show. Hello, Sherry. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I've known Sherry for, oof, I don't know how long, a while. Oh, man. And, um, of course, we're both scholars who also study race and mm-hmm. um, black culture and so on. So we've had lots of conversations about how seriously we should take art and literature and music. Sherry, what song did you decide that we would talk about? Ken Booth's Everything I Own. Awesome. Um, So this particular song, of course, he did not originate this song. He didn't write this song. He didn't do it first. Ken Booth, of course, is a well-known reggae artist, Mm -hmm. not in the same, at the same level as some of the other reggae artists. Um, This is probably one of the only songs I know from Ken Booth, Mm -hmm. but um, this song is originally by Bread. The, the soft, kind of soft rock group. But these two versions are very different. Yes. So why don't we start by you telling us why you chose this song? The first reason is I'm Jamaican. And the thing about Jamaica is Jamaica, we like to talk about Jamaica and the ways it is an experience, mm-hmm. right? And if Jamaica is any kind of experience, it's a sonic experience. Mm. It's about sound, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. You go and you're just always like constantly 24-7 dripping in sound. Yes. Right? <laughs> you know, 
the kind of music that warms up sound systems, like, you know, before the party starts, right? Mm-hmm. At three o'clock in the afternoon and they start to stack the boxes mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. trying to tweak the sound. That bases. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. trying to tweak it. Then yeah. they tweak it with stuff like old rock steady. And so this is a sound that is evocative of like four to six in the evening on a weekend <laughs> in Jamaica, right? Uh-huh. And of course, you know, living in the U.S. for as long as I've lived in the U.S., it's... It's, it's, it's about a certain kind of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is, mm. there is something, you know, about the auditory relationship to home that the song evokes. Just to have you back again. To being at home, you know, being at leisure mm-hmm. as, as the soundscape of the place mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. sort of wafts in. And then there's also something about how the song itself has traveled, right? Um, it made it to the top of the British charts. It's among the songs that influences things like Lover's Rock, mm-hmm. an entirely Absolutely. different genre of reggae in, mm-hmm. in the UK, right? And so it's also about how Jamaican influences travel beyond that kind of emplacement mm-hmm. that I started out with mm-hmm. into these different spaces and, you know, creating new things mm-hmm. and different experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and I, there's just something about everything I own that, that is very definitive of those two very different spaces. Back again, just to talk to you, words and I know you are a scholar who's very interested in diaspora, mm-hmm. right? What what happens when people are dispersed? Mm-hmm. You know, you and I are dispersed. We do that's that's one of the of the things that connects us. Yes. We have a common identity as two black women who mm-hmm. have grown up elsewhere and have found their their new home quote mm-hmm. unquote mm-hmm. in in the United States. Yes. And I love how you talk about this song by Ken Booth having a home elsewhere. I heard this song when I was in Nigeria, right? Mm-hmm. So wow. so that that's the first time I I heard the song it so the so Bread recorded it in 1972. And then Ken Booth takes it on two years later. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a sort of early seventies. My my oldest brother is bringing all this all this all this music home. Mm-hmm. Um, and home of, from where? Home? Who knows? <laughs> 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 right. He's bringing it home from from parties uh-huh. and 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 things like that. And so reggae then. Songs like this, um, you know, of course, Bob Marley, of course, mm-hmm. um, Gregory Isaacs, yeah. you know, all that cool lovers rock, ruler. right, <laughs> um, <laughs> comes comes home to us, you yeah. know, and there's something about reggae as a, I don't know whether it's that, the percussive mm-hmm. rhythm, the downbeat, the downbeat, mm-hmm. the whether it's drum and bass or mm-hmm. or just mm-hmm. such sort of more traditional mm-hmm. um, dub music you know Mm -hmm. um that feels like home and i would love to theorize that it is it is the african retention i mean bob marley says you feel it in the one drop it's Mm -hmm. just like that one bass sound that Mm -hmm. completely transforms the music from ska into something different and that sort of gets maintained going forward the legacy of reggae music from this specific 1960s, 70s era, it's about Bob Marley, but it's so much mm, bigger. So much more. So much bigger, mm. especially in terms of this kind of dispersal as mm-hmm, well, right? Mm-hmm. So. so I'd love to go back to back to home. Mm-hmm. So you grew up in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Um, you did not grow up in like Kingston. 
you grew up in the country somewhere. Half and half. Talk to us about where you grew up. I say half and half because I started at boarding school mm-hmm. at 10. Mm-hmm. And so I... Which li- was in Kingston. Which was in Kingston. Mm-hmm. And so there are there are jokes that we make among my friends when people ask me where I'm from in Jamaica. I say Kingston and they laugh. It's like, no, girl, no, you're not from really. country. <laughs> not really. Not really. We are from Kingston. It's like folks you... from Columbia saying they're, they're from St. Louis. Right. Mm, mm. Not quite. Not quite. <laughs> not quite. But, I mean... There is a lot of what happened between 10 and 21 when I went to high school and undergrad in Kingston. That is just like super instrumental to who I still am, you know, 20 plus years Mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. That makes me feel a lot more like, you know, you talk about like movement and migration and it makes me feel a lot more Kingstonian Mm. than it does Mm. You know, the, the the country girl that, that, you know, grew up running around the rivers and mm-hmm. creeks and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and all of that. Like that's that's like from the first decade of mm-hmm. life. And like who can tap back into that right now? Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel that so, I mean, I feel that in my heart because I'm similar, right? Yeah. So I grew up small town in Nigeria, in the middle of Nigeria, and then find my way to Lagos. Mm-hmm. And it's in Lagos that that the beat comes, right? Yeah. Like like you, you, you really feel some something different and this is for me it was when I was late teens early Mm -hmm. 20s Mm -hmm. and and onwards that I started seeing differences between where I grew up the country Mm quote-unquote and um, and the city yeah and Kingston is very much a vibrant bustling city and it's like when you can you're kind of beginning to manage life as a grown-up too, mm-hmm. right? To mm-hmm. be able to do that in a city like Kingston. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, I was writing about capitals of the 21st century and the way that Kingston itself features as one of these major global capitals, not just because of music, but because of all kinds of notorieties, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Major transshipment point mm-hmm. for, you know... <laughs> all, all sorts of all things. All sorts of things. Right. <laughs> um you know, it's 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 the space that 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 registers Jamaica's iconicity in all kinds of mm-hmm. ways, right? Mm-hmm. And to be able to inhabit one of these globally recognized cities as a young person, mm-hmm. as a young person defining herself and who she is as a grown up is is really is really powerful. Mm. Like you know, all cities are not created right. equal. That's right? true. That's true. But but what I find relevant to our discussion of Ken Booth is that he also grew, he was born in Kingston, grew up there. Mm-hmm. Um, still living there. Still living there, yes. Very proud of Kingston. Um, how does this sound in this song and songs like this? He also, um, he took a Stevie Wonder song um, and did the same mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mix. Mm-hmm. How does that sound fit as a soundscape for Kingston. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's very mellow. Mellow. Well, I think this is the thing that um, because of all of those kinds of notorieties, people don't necessarily get. And, you know, it should surprise no one that um, Jamaicans to the extent that we can say Jamaicans are anything. Jamaicans are soulful people. Mm-hmm. We're very much into like, you know, reggae and ska and all of that comes out of hearing soul 
and R&B Absolutely, yes. from bootleg radio mm-hmm. stations mm-hmm. that you jimmy They up started to, there. They started mm-hmm. there. Like you could mm-hmm. hear them mm-hmm. in, in Jamaica, which, yeah. is, which is close enough that you could listen to some American stations like from Louisiana, yep. that kind of thing. So American sounds, um, African-American sounds, mm-hmm. um, R&B, soul, are, are, are a part of this, this auditory landscape and the history of this auditory landscape. And what's interesting about the development of Jamaican music or what's interesting to me is how um, from dance music, mm-hmm. from ska, mm. we get like a split to something that's, that's more soulful mm-hmm. in, in, in rock steady, right? It's almost as though there are competing and complementary soundscapes that mm. come out of Jamaica at this point in time, right? So you have a reggae that may be militant and a reggae that may be soothing, but also just like always with the component of soul music, mm. of, 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 of music that is mellow, of music that is soothing, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Bob Marley and the Whalers started off as like a bebop quartet. Mm-hmm. Tr- tr- oh yeah, they were listening to the three of them. They were yeah. listening to you know, like there are these images of them in bow ties yes. and suits. <laughs> they were listening to a lot of American, yeah. African American music. Yeah. You know, those, yeah. those like talk about covering like, and stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah like they, I, that's how I, they I don't started. know if there's any genre mm-hmm. of, of of music that does more covers than reggae music, that's right? right? Um, um, okay, so so yes, and I do I do appreciate this impulse that we have mm-hmm. to show the varied identities, the nuanced identities of people in the places where we come from, mm-hmm. right? And I think that the music does that beautifully. Mm-hmm. And then as we see this music also take root in England with the dias- the Jamaican and Trinidadian diaspora there, um, it also k- kind of fleshes it out um, even more. This is Cover Story with Stephanie Shanikon. We'll be right back. So we've we've spoken a bit about Ken Booth's version. I'd like to take us back to the original version. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original <clears throat> version, of course, is recorded by Bread. And they recorded in 1972. It's written by David Gates, who is the lead singer. You sheltered me from harm, kept me warm, kept me warm. The song, of course, has been covered by many, many people, including, of course, Ken Booth, which is the version I'm guessing you like. Yeah. <laughs> and That's Boy George one. and um, Andy Williams, Scylla Black, InSync did it in 1997. What? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go look for that one. Listen. Um, so, so when 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 uh, David Gates wrote this, he 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 was inspired to, to write it by by his father. And so uh, we'll get back to the meaning and the 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 content of the of the lyrics, but. Um, I want to talk first about the sound, the difference in sound. This song for Bread, um, it was a hit for them. They charted up to number five on the Billboard charts, the, the, the Billboard Hot 100. Um, and then when Ken Booth took it on in 1974, it reached number one on the British charts, right? So something that Ken Booth did with this mm-hmm. um, really made an impact. So let's talk about the difference in the sound. What do you think is the most 
important change that Ken Booth made to this song? The sound smooths out mm. in the Ken Booth version. There, there is the, the 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 folk sound of the jangly guitars on the first one. On the and, bread version, yeah, on mm-hmm. the bread version, and it, it 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 it's a little bit more of a of a bop, and a, mm-hmm. you know you can mm-hmm. wave and you can mm-hmm. dance, and mm-hmm. then and then Ken Booth. And you don't hear a word they say. It's slowed down a little bit. It becomes, and I keep using the word soul, but it becomes more soulful, mm. um, mellow, almost quieter, mm. um, and more reflective. And it feels, it feels more romantic, I think, mm-hmm. in the Ken Booth version. Mm-hmm. So the bread version, um, it will come as no surprise that bread, um, that group seemed to be interested in sort of being in the in conversation with the Beatles, mm-hmm. the Bee Gees, mm-hmm. you know, those, mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that era. And you're right. With the jangly guitars, right? <laughs> um, that's, that, so Bread starts off with the strings, those strings, and, um, and then I guess it is Gates that his, his voice mm-hmm. is, you know, he's got a high register, and it's, it's kind of, I don't want to use the word happy or cheerful, but mm-hmm. it's, it's upbeat. It's upbeat. It's definitely upbeat. Mm-hmm. It's, keeps going you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and and then the the smoothness of the ken booth version i think starts with the bass you know yeah. like it just starts with that sound mm-hmm. the bass sound which is it sets the tone mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then right uh, right as he's his voice joins the reggae beat come mm-hmm, comes in mm-hmm. you sheltered me from harm kept me and we know it's reggae immediately. <laughs> like after the first measure, we know it's reggae. And then when his voice, when he sings, Ken Booth has a Jamaican accent. Yes. There's no doubt about yes. it. I think it's the word, the word that always gets me on this song when he sings it is... Um, Shelter. Sheltered. Yeah. You sheltered Shel- me. Yeah. and you know, From the, harm. From harm. Yes. It's, it, it, it's funny because like those things... I hear them more now because mm-hmm. of how flat my own accent has yeah. gotten, right? That like I don't say harm in mm-hmm. the, I don't say harm like how, we actually have things where we say like how you say that in Jamaican again? <laughs> um, because it's it's been so long but mm-hmm. the, har- the 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 ARM mm-hmm. ending mm-hmm. is um, you know hitting all of the consonants um, in a way that we don't necessarily do as much of um, if you live in the US. Mm-hmm. So yes, so very different, mm-hmm. both beautiful. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say it's just a different aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go back to my first question again. Is there something about the lyrics of this song that hit you a certain kind of way? I know you're a woman who has a family she loves yeah. and adores. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, again, David Gates wrote this because I think he was inspired by... Um, the passing of his father, which you, that's not your, your experience, thank <laughs> right, God. Right, right, right. But um, I know you do have a very special and very close link mm-hmm. with, with, your, with your parents, but also um, with your partner, mm-hmm. Andy. Mm-hmm. So, never um, far from my mind. Never far, <laughs> far from your mind. And your child. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is a, it's, it's a love song. Yes. Yeah, and I think it's a really versatile love mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, giving mm-hmm. everything that you own mm-hmm. for this for this feeling, for this space that people occupy in your lives to you. Like, I think that sentiment is something that resonates with me. 
But I think there's also something about how it is both local and global mm. in the way that it is that also resonates with me personally, right? That it exists in this this specific place in a specific way, but then it has all of these lives beyond that space in a way that um, I like to think of my own life, mm. you know, that it, 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 it it's constantly moving beyond its place of origin, the sound of its origin, but at the same time, that doesn't change its groundedness in a mm-hmm. specific local context, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like I think, and to express all of that in in, in this greater love context, mm-hmm. right? There is no greater love than to, you know, give right. up your life for right. a friend, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so this this idea that I will give everything I own, mm-hmm. I'll give up my life, mm-hmm. you know, everything that's my mm-hmm. own, um, just to have you mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. this really great sentiment, sentiment yes. um, yeah. that is specific, but also just, you know, completely dynamic mm-hmm. in how it moves out into Absolutely. different places. Yeah. There's a point in the song where the protagonist, mm-hmm. the, the speaker, mm-hmm. kind of shifts and starts to sort of advise others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, at, so, so the song is, you know, I would give everything I own. You know, mm-hmm. And then at one point in the song, I don't know if I'll call it a, a, a bridge or mm-hmm. a verse because it's, it's a strangely constructed song. But um, at that point... Where, th- where there's a shift, he says, look, if you've, if you've got someone, you know, um, don't take them for granted. If there's someone you know that won't let you go and taking it all for granted, you may lose them one day, someone takes them away and you don't. I also like that about the, the song because it, it's about self, mm-hmm. but it's about friendship as, as well. And, and I bring that up because you and I are quite close. Yes. And we have, we have shared many um, points mm-hmm. where the two of us have had to sort of huddle, just the two of us, yes. right? And try and find grounding. You know, so it's either you telling me yeah. or me telling you. Yeah. Um, so this song is versatile, not only for romantic love and yeah. um, familial love, mm-hmm. but also there's this deep friendship, yeah. you know, that this song also carries. Mm-hmm. I'll also say that you are one of the most generous people I know. So, yes, you would give everything <laughs> you own, oh, especially if it's tea. If it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, come on, you want this one? <laughs> <laughs> if it's tea and if it's dresses, we, I mean, we have a passion for, the, for dresses. The wealth it? of life are the people you love. Mm-hmm. Um, you, can have all, you can have all the money in the world and if you don't have people that you love, mm-hmm. people who ground you. Mm-hmm. So like there is there's a documentary where he talks about, Ken Booth talks about how during that time when Jamaican artists were, were really popular in, mm. in, in England mm. um, and, you know, appearing on top of the pops mm-hmm. and making records and all kinds of things, he kind of went awry. He strayed away from his wife, right? Oh. In At the height of this popularity and a part of 
he says a part of what is at the heart of his performance of this song since then, like he 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 mismanaged all of his mm. money mm. and you know went back to Jamaica under circumstances that the film didn't reveal. Mm. But <laughs> we kind of know <laughs> why he might shady. not be able to perform in the U.S. anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but he returns to Jamaica with with nothing mm. um, after squandering, after completely like not paying attention to his wife and. His wife is who is in Jamaica to anchor him. And he said every time he sings, or something to the effect, every time he sings this song going forward, he remembers that this is this is his anchoring. She has never, he's never traveled without her since. You gave my life to me, set me free, set me free. The fine cheers I have knew. Forty something, almost fifty years of making sure that you never leave this woman bes- mm-hmm, behind mm-hmm. because you realize that this is what grounds mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. And I feel like by the time I would have heard this song and processed this mm-hmm. song as somebody who was born in 1979, mm-hmm. right? It comes to also for me to 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 represent that kind of grounding that we are lucky to have if we find people right. who ground us mm-hmm. in. In a common feeling, mm-hmm. who who help us to understand who we are, mm. what our value mm-hmm. is, what we're worth, mm-hmm. and where to spend our time, and where and to spend energy. our time and energy. Right, and right. right. Um, okay, so I always ask my guests to choose the version of the song that they prefer, and what I ask you to to do now, Sherry, mm-hmm. is imagine this spectrum from one to 100 and we're going to assign mm-hmm. some of it to Ken Booth and some of it to Bread. Okay. I feel like the two are really close. I think Bread is, you know, reminiscent of a specific moment mm-hmm. in, 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 in music history in the U.S. and the U.K. that if you're me, you gotta give. <laughs> you gotta give respect to that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a part of why Ken Booth would have covered it in the first place. Like, this is such an incredible era for mm-hmm. music that is moving just globally right. in these in these phenomenal ways. Mm-hmm. But I wanna say Ken Booth smoothed it out, man. For all the years I hated you just completely like you know took those jangly guitars and quieted them down a little calm bit down. just just calm down. just calm down stay with the song for yeah, a little bit this. be quiet <laughs> <laughs> um and you know you're throwing nostalgia and all kinds mm-hmm. of things to that and it, it it is it is clearly the 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 one that i prefer the most but as a product of the era bread is not is not too far behind good very good so if the two artists are sharing the spectrum uh-huh, of a hundred right? of a hundred. Uh-huh. What will you give Ken Booth and what will you give Bread? 60, they have 40. To, to share. Okay, 60, 60, 40. 40. I think that's I think that's generous. Yeah, right for for Bread to get forty. Yeah, I just you know the the the, the pop sound that they were also trying to straddle in that moment mm-hmm. as well is also a big part of this larger music mm-hmm. scene and you you, you kind of have to give respect it's where fair. respect is due. It's definitely. Um, fair. so forty for Bread mm-hmm. and sixty for Ken. Very good. All right. On that note, I think I will agree with that with that sharing of of the 
numbers. Um, <laughs> Sherry, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you. Just to talk to you words again. That's it for this week's episode of Cover Story with Stephanie Shanakan, where we're talking about the songs we love, the stories behind them, and how they live on through covers. You can find more about this podcast on Twitter at KBIA and at Vox Mag, and in the current issue of Vox Magazine at voxmagazine.com. Next time, we're taking on a classic, Respect. We're going to pit Otis Redding against Aretha Franklin. If you think you've already made up your mind on that, you'd better listen in. You might be surprised at what emerges when you look closely at the two versions of this classic. That's next time on Cover Story with Stephanie Shanakan. Cover Story with Stephanie Shanakan is produced by Janet Saidi, Ryan Famuliner, and editor Aaron Hay. With me, Stephanie Shanakan. Want to talk about your favorite cover song? Come find us on Twitter at KBIA and at Vox Mag. We'd like to hear what you are listening to and what dueling cover songs you might have in your rotation right now. You can also see more about the podcast at voxmagazine.com. That's it for this episode of Cover Story with Stephanie Shanakan. See you next time.